throughout my life. The Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. We're here with another episode. We just watched the newest Marvel movie. Which is, of course, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Super pumped. Uh, Second movie that we've seen in theaters. Uh, You know, we saw Black Widow. uh, And this was just, it was so great. I mean, Black Widow, of course, was like such a great experience getting back to like hearing the Marvel fanfare and all. But I'm, I'm just happy to be getting a new character. High expectations for this movie, for me, at least. A lot of hype. And definitely met the expectations. For sure. I've got, like, nothing but good things to say about this. If y'all haven't seen it, one, don't listen to this yet. But two, go see it. It's so good. If you you can't right now, because I know a lot of places are, you know, back under lockdown, depending on where you're at, um, you know... Try, try, just try to avoid spoilers, because this is a really fresh experience. And if you are a Marvel fan, you owe it to yourself to just see it as blind as you can. And they did the trailer right for this movie, because I think they gave you enough intrigue that's like, okay, I kind of get what this is about. Like, his dad is, like, the head of this Ten Rings thing, and he's got daddy issues. Like, we got that from the trailer, which was fine. But there was so much more revealed in the movie that wasn't even like, oh, my gosh, what a twist. It was just like, we just didn't tell you that this was what the movie was going to include. Yeah. And I thought they did that really well, and it was a nice, pleasant surprise. They did a fantastic job. I mean, there was so much, uh, like, fantastical elements to this movie. It was so beautiful. It really was. It was very vibrant, it was very much, like, otherworldly, like, literally, and just, like, the the mood. It was very much, like, I'm not super familiar with, like, the kind of movies that served as the main inspiration for this, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and, like, other, like, Chinese martial arts movies like that, but I know that the director of this, like, really meant to pay his respects to that genre. And from what I've read from other people's impressions, like it really came through in that regard, which is something that I feel like is unique for just like Western movies in general and definitely for superhero movies. Since um, Black Widow just came out recently, there were, I was like making comparisons between the two movies and it is kind of interesting how they did um, just like you were saying, colors, because I feel like Black Widow kind of embodies that, like, Russian kind of sterile colors. Like, they use a lot of black and white and red. And then this was, like, very colorful, like, really using, like, color tone in nature. And, like, there was clearly a lot of nature being, like, brought into, um, like, the magic of um, Shang-Chi and, like, where he came from and everything. So, like, just in terms of that, it was kind of interesting to compare. And then also like in some ways, like the stories have something similar to share. Like it's an intimate family story and like how they're dealing with those family dynamics. And the both movies were done like very differently, but 
um, both good in like their own way. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that like the the core drive of it all is so it's all like taking place like within the family dynamic. Yeah, and that's exactly how Black Widow was. But the presentation, right, could not be more different. Yeah, it's completely different. And I think. I mean, I, I'll probably stop trying to compare it as we talk, but just one more general note is I think that Black Widow did the family relationships, like that was their stronger suit, and Shang-Chi, the stronger suit, was like the fights and like that that plot that was happening, like the bigger plot in Shang-Chi was better, and then for Black Widow, the more intimate family ties plot was better, and like, I don't know, I don't know if that is a worthy comparison, but that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would struggle to like rank one just because yeah, it's they, hard to like because it was rank. so different. Cause like black widow did it in a way that was like, it very much like, I mean, I know we had like the flashbacks, but it, it was mostly like the here and now of reckoning with like what, what has happened to the family. And in a, in a way like Shang-Chi is doing the same thing, but it's on just like when Wu being, who he is makes it like a totally right. different type of story. The enemy is my father. Right. <laughs> kind and, of. And he's had like infinite power for a thousand years. And yeah. So obviously there, there are some differences. Yeah. And there's a lot to talk about with that, which we'll, we'll get into as we break down the movie from start to finish. Yeah. So where do you want to start? I really don't have any notes for this. So I'm going to rely on you to drive the conversation. We, uh, you know, we, we saw the movie last night and promptly drove two hours. So we, we were kind of talking about it, but trying to, you know, we had to maintain some stuff for the pod. Um, well, I think my first main note in terms of like plot wise is it starts with this like beautiful, beautiful dance fight scene. I mean, oh. it's not like the very first scene, but it's, it's basically the first yeah. scene between Wen Wu and Lee um, and their meeting, and it was just like, what a way to start a movie. It really yeah. set the tone. Yeah. I mean, and it was beautiful. I mean, because we have, it starts with this uh, montage of the Ten Rings kind of throughout history, oh, right. and it's a bit, uh, it's a bit vague, and I'm also we like... we think that's going to come back. Well, yeah, but also they're like, they influenced events, and I'm like... I like it, and I think the Ten Rings is really cool, but I'm also like, Marvel, how many secretive world-influencing organizations can feasibly function at the same time? I'm like, do the Ten Rings, did they know about S.H.I.E.L.D.? Did they know about the Red Room? Are all these guys, like, buddies, and they're just, like, doing their own thing? Like, what's happening? I don't know. But I feel like Ten Rings has the upper hand because they've been around for so long. Um, they each have their own agenda. Yeah. And so we go from, like, this very, like, grim, brutal rise to power uh right into like this beautiful the the gate to talo that we see and of course the the forest chews up their car and he's the only one that when was the only one that makes it out alive yeah and then it just brings us into like i was watching that and i was like when did this become a dance i was like first they're fighting and then like it's so There's smooth always a dance yeah um, and Lee is uh, narrating a lot of this yes. part. Yeah. Um, they use her character a lot, even though she's not with us the whole movie. Um, they use her character to bring together plots, get it back to different yes. eras, um, and use her as like a transitional part in the flashbacks too, which is really nice to have her be such a present part of the movie. Yeah, 
they they really did a good job with that, and they they frequently like this the way that they worked those flashbacks in was really well done, and it never felt out of place whenever one of them popped up. Um, and speaking of the flashbacks, just a couple of notes on the young Shang Chi's was seven year old one was so adorable. Could not get over how cute he was, and he was so good. Yeah. Um, and then the 14-year-old one, we didn't see as much of him, but he looked just like Simu. Simu. Yeah, yeah, impressively so. Yeah, he didn't get that much to do, like, acting-wise. He yeah. was mostly, like, doing action stuff, like training. But, um, yeah, well done on that part. And his sister, I feel like. Yeah, she, didn't, she just she didn't do anything either. much. Yeah, so after we get, like, this introduction to... Shang-Chi's parents, and we get a bit more information about, like, how he ended up where he ends up, which is parking cars in San Francisco. I don't think we get any information at the beginning. We don't... We don't know anything. We see him with his mom, and she's, like, telling him the story of his dad, and then... That's right, that's right. And then we just see him... (laughs) Waking up, doing some push-ups. So we get, like, a couple nods that this is post-Endgame. They talk about it a couple times, but it's not, you know, it has no bearing in particular on the story. So people have kind of speculated about it before. I'm like, it doesn't really matter, except, like, for, like, two lines of dialogue. Um, But then we get... They don't even say who was there before, who wasn't. They just kind of are like, we're here now. Yep, yep. (laughs) We've moved on. Thank you very much. Um, and then we get this awesome fight scene that was pretty extensively used in both of the trailers for this on the bus, uh, where they get attacked by a bunch of Ten Rings dudes, and Razor Fist is at the the helm of this attack. And I think like is that, most of that's the, the guy with like one arm. Yeah, they never call him Razor Fist. I don't Except think. for, isn't it on his like car, the car? It's on his car. But I feel like if they had if they had made a joke about it, it would have been too much like the taser face thing, which was like overdone in Guardians already. Like that, it would have been the same style. I think even though there was like a lot more like grandiose martial arts scenes later on, this is probably like my number one fight scene. Um, I just think one having like one of your Marvel heroes fight like five dudes on a bus is like super constrained. And I don't think it would have been like a common choice being like, all right, well, no one has any room to move. So when he starts like breaking out the windows and climbing around the bus, I was like, this is so uh, like, it's just so inventive. Like the fight choreography. They really use the space well. And they were able to incorporate Aquafina's character into like a useful role like oh she knows how to drive yeah. fast yeah. like it I really this is one of the best movies where they made like the love interest or like the friend character like have their own path and usefulness like I don't think there's a lot of other movies where they did that well even ones where they like ended up you know obviously we know what happens with Sam and Rhodey but like yeah. This was, like, much smoother and obviously, like, getting away from it's a woman, damsel in distress type of role. Yeah, she's not just, like, baggage on his journey. Yeah. Which was very nice. Because, like, 
I like Aquafina, but when I saw that she was in this, like, as the kind of character that she was being shown as in the trailer, I was like, all right, well, it feels like she's just going to be, like, the comic relief doing, like, Aquafina's thing. Yeah. But I was happy to be proven wrong. You didn't see Crazy Rich Asians. No. Um, but I did, and she's in that as, like, the best friend, kind of, like, kind of an annoying character, I would say. Like, she is funny, but it's, like, very much, like, here to punch up the the jokes and stuff. And this was done way better. And yeah. I loved Crazy Rotations. That was a great movie. But her role, I think people thought it was going to be similar, or at least I did. And For it sure. was much better. I mean, I think, uh, like, the only thing that I'd seen her in is Ocean's 8. And I don't even really remember her character in that. So she was like, more I, subtle, I think, in Ocean's 8. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, so... After this bus fight scene, he prevails, more or less, Not but really. Razor Fist still gets away with the pennant, which was their whole goal, but he doesn't die, I guess, <laughs> so there's that. And That would be a disappointing movie. Yeah. Very quickly, uh, they hop on a plane to Macau because he gets a mysterious letter, presumably from his sister, who he has not seen in ten years, and tries to just leave and not explain anything to Katie, but she's like, no, fuck that. I'm going with you. Like, what else am I doing? Proceeds to stay with him for the rest of the movie, which I don't think either of us expected. Or you did. Yeah. I was kind of thinking that, like, um, maybe they were going to, like, end up back in San Francisco, like, later on in the movie, which I was I was glad it didn't happen because I was worried it was going to be too much, like, outside of Talo and, like, all the mythical stuff and... It was cool that they really embraced it and brought everybody else into that world. I assumed she was going to be there for the whole movie, but I there were a couple of scenes where I was like, they made a choice by having Aquafina still be here. Like, she, they could have had her, like, go off screen for something. Like, the... Well, I mean, it makes sense for her to be at the dinner scene with the dad, but, like, there was just a couple of things <laughs> where I was like, I kind of wish this was just him and his sister right now. Yeah, or yeah, like that. I agree. But, um... So the sister, his sister is, like, one of the best reveals that wasn't in the trailer. Like, we, and they are very coy about it in the first couple scenes of the movie. They just show him as a baby, and it just seems like it's just him. And then he has a sister, which is still pretty early on in the movie, but for whatever reason, I just, like, loved that. We didn't know that going into it. Yeah, and I actually, like, I I checked out the... uh first trailer again just to see like what was in there and she's in it but they don't they don't ever tell you who she is yeah. and you just see him fighting her in the ring so it was like it could this could have literally been yeah could have worked for the 10 rings could have been anything um could have been a never former about lover it. yeah so that was really cool she has her own little underground fighting empire on like the top floor of a skyscraper um fun fact about that actress this is the first movie I could tell that she has been in. Definitely in um, America. Like, her IMDb is just this. Pretty <laughs> and wild. she met her husband on the set of this movie. And they didn't know each other before. And they got married by the end of the rap. And, like, the cast was, like, obviously, I think, very into it. And, like, uh, Simulu um, and Aquafina both 
took them out on like took the whole cast and crew out on like two different parties to celebrate one to disneyland and one to karaoke which obviously plays a big part in the movie (laughs) karaoke it's so cool Uh, also and it's the only sorry just one more fun fact it's the only like true marvel love story like no one else has met like that and gotten married wow like where they didn't know each other got married like from the movie and I mean, that's, how long was this like in production? That's that's pretty Probably fast. Probably like isn't a it? year, I guess. And this might have been a little bit longer because of COVID. Yeah, I love that. And for the that's husband, so cool. um, I forgot, I didn't write down his name, but um, he uh, is the one of the action uh, creators or directors designers or something. Or something. Designers, so, yeah. And he did a good job, obviously. So good for them. And like, I love that. That's such a cute story. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could talk a lot about the sisters' character. I don't know if you want to do that now or more, like when we talk about the post-credit scene, because there's a lot to talk about then. Yeah, yeah, because I have um, a little Easter egg about the Fight Club. So of oh, course yeah. we have like the main Fight Club ring. That's where uh, Shang Chi fights Xiaoling, and where Abomination is fighting Wong. And we get like a little peek of them, and like I, I have questions about what's going on there. We can talk about that later too. But, and I noticed this, and I don't know if you noticed, uh, when we see, like, one of the low-level fights, mm-hmm. there's a dude that has Extremis from Iron Man 3. So mark up another Iron Man 3 reference in this movie, besides Trevor Who's, Slattery showing up later. What do you mean Remember in, uh, in Iron Man 3, um, it, what's his name? Aldrich Killian, Guy Pierce's character, is mm-hmm. using that extremist stuff and is like injecting people with it. Pepper gets uh, injected yeah. with it. So there's a guy there that has that. Uh, he like has it's like kind of like an orange glow under right. your skin. And and I didn't catch this part until I was reading about it later. He's fighting a black widow. One of the black widows from Black Widow. Oh. Just I'm, some yeah. random. But she is like credited um as her name's like Helen or something. I heard him, the main, the guy running the, whatever his name was. Um, he was funny. Yeah. <laughs> the one I don't kind of in name, charge. Yeah. Um, I heard him say Helen. So, and apparently she was credited in Black Widow, so. Because I thought it was weird that there was like a name drop. And then I think they mentioned it again later. Like, I just remember them saying Helen. I mean, it's pretty, pretty crazy because it's like a real... Blink and you miss it. Type but that deal. was great. The whole fight scene, it, it and it felt very much in the Marvel. That really is what connected it to Marvel for me because it's like one. It reminded me of Thor Ragnarok, which is obviously like yes. a completely different planet. But and then we also still about this still cycle post me uh, post the movie was um, that it's similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and that like that's a fake city though, right? Yeah. And were they in Macau for Black Panther? Is that no, where they, they were? No, they were somewhere in South Korea in Black uh, Panther. Okay. Um, I don't know their Easter Because I feel earlier, like we've been or talked about Macau in other Marvel movies, but maybe not. I don't know. Like, I, I was like, think it, when they said the name, because one, it's not really a city I'm necessarily familiar with. Yeah. So it just sounded familiar to me from something. Um... It's probably popped up in another movie, but I don't think it's been in the MCU before. My my problem with this is that people were speculating about the Fight Club thing being in Madripoor, which is the city from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and 
after watching, I was like, why the hell wasn't it in Madripoor? Yeah, why didn't they just say it's Madripoor instead? Like, it doesn't... It essentially, Madripoor almost seems like a skeevier, just, like, alt-reality version of Macau. It's just, like... I mean, Macau's, like, a lot of, like, casinos and stuff like that. I just... You know, they invented this city that we're supposed to believe is, like, a real thing in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm like, give us give us some more, because this would have made perfect sense to be there. Right. Like, an underground fighting thing. But I guess they didn't want to, like make a thing about um um I, and maybe they didn't want to make a thing between like Shelling's character and um what's her name Sharon's yeah I mean yeah you're not wrong but I I just feel like that's a bit of a missed opportunity to connect the the Disney plus shows and the movies because so far we still we just haven't gotten anything yet yeah um, um oh can I share one of my just another because I forgot to mention it earlier uh, on the bus, there's the guy that's vlogging and filming. Oh, yeah, he was great. And his, he's credited, his name's Clev. I guess he says it. Yeah, he says it's live with Clev. <laughs> and that's the same dude that was in Spider-Man Homecoming, who, in the scene where Spider-Man's, like, swinging around the city, like, helping people, there's a guy down on the street who's like, Hey, Spider-Man, do a flip! And it's that same guy. Love that. So I hope it's supposed to be the same dude. Um... Well, one thing that I was I meant to mention at the very top was how we know the actor that plays oh, Shang Chi yes, is from. Course. I mean, he's been in other things, but primarily we've seen him in a sitcom, a Canadian sitcom called uh, Kim's Convenience, and it's actually about a Korean family um, that owns a convenience store, and it's about like the parents and then their adult children. And his name is Jung in that. Um, and I just, my note during, like, the fight scene was, like, cats out of the bag, that, uh, smooth is very hot, but oh, we yeah. already knew that, but he, he, his character's more annoying and Kim's convenience, but I was, like, very much into this scene. Yeah. Into this character. Highly recommend Kim's convenience if you have not watched. It is on Netflix. It is very it's just funny. It's like a very sweet show. It's very pleasant. Yeah. Um... So the postcard, did the dad send it? And if so, why? Like, why did they need to be in the same, so that they could, so he could bring them both home, I, I think guess, so. at the same time? Because I think, he, he I guess he had had that, when we see the postcard in the beginning, it kind of seems like he had had it for he a said while. a couple weeks. So I think the, the original plan was probably he'd get this postcard, he'd fly there, and then they'd take both pendants at the same yeah. time. And then what he didn't show... They, they took his, and then I guess they assumed, and they were right, that he would go to try to save her anyway, so. Honestly, kind of rude that he waited, like, months. I'm pretty sure he said, I, ha I got this a few months ago. Just zero sense of urgency. No wonder she kicks his ass. I mean, come on, man. It's not a very good sibling move of you. I mean, her whole... All of the character stuff with her is, like, not said. It is shown... For the most part. I mean, yeah. she says one thing to Aquafina about it, but, like, would not, was not ever, like, loved by her father yep. the way that um, Chung-Chi was, like, wasn't allowed to fight, was, like, underestimated, um, just kind of abandoned in general by, obviously, by her brother, but, like, by her whole community. Um, yeah, it's very and, sad. And, like, 
what that must do to her as a person is what we're probably going to find out in a later movie or show. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that they handled it really well by not spending too much time on it in this movie, which was like a clue to me early on in the movie that like something's going on, something's going to happen with her because they're not really addressing what happened with her life. Yeah. It felt in, again, one more, (laughs) one more similarity to, um, Black Widow, it, she felt very similar to the Florence Pugh character yeah. in that I, I was left that. behind and I did all these things. I um, For sure. And we dealt more with Florence Pugh's trauma. We did not really deal with hers. Right. I mean, and she never really got to talk to her dad about it. She yeah. never got any closure because... She got closure with her brother, which yeah. is what was important about this movie. Right. But um, there's yeah, there's still a lot left unsaid and undealt with. So you're totally right that that's probably going to be a major factor in the sequel or whatever they end up doing with these characters. So the whole point of them even being there in the beginning is just to get the pendants. But I guess the dad does genuinely want them all to be together. <laughs> yeah. He does have in like, his own way a heart. Um, but I thought so. He does the pendants. I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. Like, he does the pendants and, like, the dragon's eyes, and, like, that's how they find the map and stuff. But I really thought those pendants were going to come back, like, at a later point. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I agree. Like, I, when he put them in the dragon's eyes, I was like, okay. But I don't know. I thought it was going to be, like, something that would have actually, like, led them somewhere or yeah, something or, like, like that. Yeah, or, like, when they were in the connection. forest. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And I was, I hope they get those back too, you know? I guess uh, Shaoling has them now. Presumably they're still just there at the compound, so. But uh, that's not even the biggest mystery of all the artifacts that they have based on like what, what we're told in the mid credit scene, but we'll get to that later. I was panicking during the fight scene on the side of the building during the movie. I could tell. I was, like, engrossed in it, so I wasn't looking away, but I could see you, like, turning to the side every time someone, like, like tipped over or, like, when, I obviously, when, when Katie's, like, hanging off that thing. They were just so high up. I felt like I was in a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. Yeah. The only difference is in Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise would have actually been on the outside of a skyscraper. Yeah, it, that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> um, I was just, like, really stressed. Yeah, that was a high-stakes scene. And I really, you know, Jelen really pieced out. She came back. She did. She had to, she had to teach him a lesson, but I'm like... <laughs> she really, I think, only came back for Aquafina. Yeah. Katie. She's like, that's not her fault. <laughs> what do you think um, Lee saw in Winwu? I don't know. Is she the type of person that only uh, dates people that she's like, I can fix him. <laughs> I, I guess I in can, some ways she did. Like I can he, make him better. Yeah. He was a better person with her, but like, what does that say about him that without her, he's none of that? Not, it's not good. I mean, clearly the, the relationship as we see it is very sweet, but like, yeah, it, there's gotta be, you know, if you're, if you're seeing a therapist and you're like, if I'm not, with this person, I'm just going to regress into being like a murderous, like warlord kind of, that's not, that's not great. You got some, you got some growth to do, but then again, when you've been running around with limitless power for a thousand years, that's going to really warp your sense of 
everything. Well, that's what she said in, in her, because it's her narrating the very beginning. Yeah. And she's like, he could have used it for good, but he just wanted power. <laughs> I mean, yep. That, yeah, like, the fact that he he had... Like, I don't think the power is what made him a bad person. Like, he was already a bad person. <laughs> yeah, and that just that just enabled it, unfortunately. Because you could do... I mean, we don't... I was going to say you could do, like, a lot of good with the rings, but I think in the comics, the rings are, like, literally rings, and each of them is, like, tied to some different power. This one, I don't really know. They give you immortality, but then he just punches really hard and can jump high and... Yeah, I hope they kind of talk more about him. I mean, they they definitely love a man were, and bangles. Am I right? They look, they look cool, but they definitely like deliberately skimped on the the lore of the ring. Yeah, they probably so don't know. Get, they want to wait until they know what they want to do with it, probably. Yeah, and I'm sure they do. So we'll find that yeah. out eventually. But I'm sure it's going to be a couple of years. It'll be like another Shang Chi movie, like learning more about yeah the power and. Maybe why they changed colors, you know? Because, you know, we got the legend of the Ten Rings. When are we going to get, like, the reality of the Ten Rings? If you think that's what they're going to call it. Please do not. That's an awful name. <laughs> do not take my ideas, Marvel Studios. Um, so they, they succeed in not falling off the side of a skyscraper. And the whole gang is taken back to the Ten Rings compound. Which, I gotta say, not that aesthetically pleasing. I mean, I guess... I think that's on purpose. When we was not a exterior designer. I know it well, wants to be like low key, but I'm like, I don't know. It just looks like a parking garage built on the side of a mountain. I mean, it's in direct compare or direct uh, opposition to where he lived with Lee. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, true. They show that compound, and not like an aerial view, but like you can see how beautiful it is. There's a garden and stuff. That was all yeah. her. Yeah. I guess he does, does. He doesn't give a shit. It's a fighting, you know? Yeah. And that, that also felt very uh, Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I thought this, so when we arrive at the compound, we kind of get this reveal about why Wen Wu is doing what he's doing, and it's because he thinks that Lee is still alive and being held by the people of Talo, which clearly he just is holding a grudge against because they wouldn't let him in because he's him. But he's also being manipulated by that right. creature. Well, that's what I, I think this is like a very... I was like surprised, you know, I, because we're presented with Wenwu as like this kind of conflicted character who has gone through, you know, 10 lifetimes worth of other people doing terrible things and then turns it around because of one woman. You kind of, like, get that sense of he is kind of, like, teetering on the balance of being, like, fully going back into his old ways, but also, like, maybe I can redeem myself now. Um, and it was just, it wasn't the motivation that I was expecting from him. Like, I thought it was, like, very much, like, just, it's like, exploiting his, like, one weakness yeah. in, a, in a manner of speaking. And I mean, I don't know how else you would do it well, really. No, I don't I don't know. But, like, I just, when, like, before this was released and, like, the whole thing with the fake Mandarin being, like, a terrorist, I was like, are we just going to get, like, a reveal that he would just be, like, another, like, Drakov-type guy, like, running a secret organization? Like, which he is, but that's not that's the not hook. What, yeah. Which I really liked. Because it was just like, yeah, this this dude is 
probably one of the most powerful people on earth and he can still be manipulated. And like everyone around him that has like the gall to actually say it to him is like, you're obviously being lied to, but I thought it was interesting. Like during the movie, I was like kind of having this thought process, like kind of odd that he's never had kids before. Cause he's been alive for so long, but like if he did, then he'd have to like watch them die because he's the only one immortal. And so he finally met somebody that he would be mortal with. So he would like, you know, age with his children and then pass on the rings. Um, So I just thought that was interesting. If I had to guess, he probably did have kids. He just didn't care about them. Do you think? I mean, yeah. And it was probably like, yeah, I mean, he was probably like pillaging villages and he wasn't a good dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, so kids he just didn't even know about. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my guess. Yeah, I guess that's true, but. Of course, they're not, they're not, that's a little bit much, I yeah. think, for, <laughs> for a Marvel movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was shocked that it was like, well, he took off the rings and was like gonna just live a normal life. So I was very, I, I didn't know what was gonna happen that kind of spurred him back into it. I mean, I, I knew that the mom died of course but i kind of thought like the timeline like didn't match up but i was like maybe she did die of natural causes and he just yeah i thought she it was gonna be revealed that she had like cancer that's yeah that's that was kind of my inclination too because that would have been like the most like tragic i mean obviously it was tragic either way but for someone that is like immortal even though at that point he wasn't you know voluntarily but still it made sense though that you know, it was his past that killed her, basically. Well, that's poetic. Well, they, like, I'm not... I know, but... I yeah. didn't come up with that. Like, they basically say that in so many words. Yeah. I mean, Shang-Chi basically says yeah. that. So, at this point, um, you know, they the, the two kids and Katie get thrown into the whatever prison that they have underneath the compound. And I guess I kind of skipped over the um, dinner part we just like have this scene where we get Wenwu's name and he kind of monologues to Katie about the importance of like the sanctity of names. And he mentions this whole Trevor Slattery. Um, but he doesn't mention him by name. No, he just says that there was this guy took, took my name. And yeah. I thought that was odd. And of course it makes sense because they brought back yeah. Trev. Um, ben Kingsley. And he's, like, not, like, a cameo. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, in one scene. I thought, I assumed he was going to die, but no. No way. He's, like, I mean, I thought he was going to die, like, at the end, because I'm, like, what What are they going to do with him after this? He's, like, he's, like, a funny character now, but, like, he has no future, really. He'll just he be, was like, in it relief. the right amount. Oh, for I, sure. When they, when they first had him, I was, like, oh, God, this is going to be so, like dumb like and they had him in for that whole car scene i was like okay here we go and then like once they got to tell i was like okay this is good like we've we put him off screen we see him a couple of times for funny pieces and like they did that well because i wasn't here as much for like the translating shtick but i was i was here for enough (laughs) yeah yeah you loved it i did (laughs) morris was my favorite character (laughs) <laughs> and uh, not actually, but he was very cute. And just like on, That's I love to sell some stuffed animals. Oh, for sure. 
I'm like, like, we need a baby Yoda. I love Trevor Slattery. I, yeah, I loved his character. Also, like, the humor in this movie was on point. This was, like, some of the best, like, there were a couple, like, groaners, but as far as, like, the, the standard, like, what must be contractually obligated Marvel Studios humor, I thought this one was, like, way better than normal. And, like, not on the humor note, but I have heard that the there's a lot of this movie that is spoken in Chinese with English subtitles, which I thought was very right. cool. Like, the first ten minutes of this movie is too. not in English, really. And um, apparently, like, it's very, like, it's not, like, bad Chinese. It's, like, very good, and, like, I think a lot of people were, like, you can't really tell that this is, like, a Western movie. And even, like, some of the translations, apparently, like, things were kind of lost because they were using, like, sayings and metaphors and stuff that are just not one-to-one translatable to English. So people that understand Chinese, I think, would get a bit more out of the dialogue. Yeah. And obviously they had, I, from what I was looking at cast-wise, like an entirely like Chinese cast. It wasn't like, oh, this Korean person will just say they're Chinese. Yep. Like, I mean, Aquafina is like half Korean, half Chinese. But, um, you know, I was just saying that um, Simu Liu plays a Korean character and gives convenience, mm-hmm. which obviously happens a lot. But, like, they were trying to be, like, I think a lot more authentic. For sure. And, um, yeah, the no, I, my thought on the language, I thought that was really good, and I actually wish they'd done it a little bit more throughout the movie because it felt very accurate that um, when he's talking to his sister that they're pretty much only speaking Chinese, and that it, it also made sense, I thought, plot-wise, that when they're in scenes with the dad that they're speaking English because that was important to the dad that they learn yeah. other languages, yeah. especially English. Um, so when they were like switched back to English for that, I was like, Oh, this makes plot sense, but it also makes sense for like us as, um, you know, ignorant Americans that don't speak other languages, um, watching it. And then of course having Aquafina in the whole movie and she's not as good with Chinese. Like they were like, well, we have to keep doing English. So I thought they made that work really well. And then obviously in, um, this, the village, what is it called again? Tallow. Tallow. Um, they almost entirely spoke Chinese, yeah. except for um, what's her name's character, which we haven't even gotten to her yet. I know, but yeah, Michelle no, it was or... it was very organically done, and it felt very much like we're not just gonna. I mean, like because people had this qualm with like like Black Widow. It's like why is everybody in Russia like speaking English all the time? Yeah, and, well, yeah whatever. I, but still, yeah, it's, it was nice to like not have to like kind of wrestle with that i suppose not that i never really mind that much but this felt like a lot more respectful the guy that works for um the dad he's kind of like a like kind of like a joker looking character oh yeah they never say his name yeah but it's the character's name is death dealer okay he kind of looks like deathstroke a little bit yeah like the costume or the well, what I was going to say about that is, like, I thought there's going to be more to that guy. Like, yeah. he's supposed to be, like, he obviously, like, was the main trainer of Shang-Li. And, like, there's, like, a lot of issues. Or Shang-Chi. And there's, like, a lot of issues there. And then he, like, dies. Yeah, I was. And I was like, okay, is that it? Yeah, I was kind of disappointed with that. Um, 
Because he like looked cool, and they, he, like, he's masked up all the time. I was like, is this going to be some sort of reveal or something? The only moment that we get is that like Shang-Chi almost kills, kills him. Kills him, yeah. But yeah, and then it's just never talked about again. Yeah, that was... there's going to be more to that. That was weird. I was like, why Why bother? And I think that's... It's a, kind of like I, a Taskmaster character, like, again, uh, another comparison. Just, I, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, that was kind of a, kind of a waste... Because I'm assuming that this is a very... He dis- seems important. Yeah. It's a very distinctive design. I'm like, this has to be... This is a character. Yeah. Like, this is an established character, and he just... he That was absolutely nothing. And it's clearly, like, when we was, like, right-hand man. Yeah. Or woman. Most likely yes. a man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, knowing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of a bummer. I honestly, like, even... That, that just kind of drifted out of my head, because it's just... Yeah. He, he doesn't even go out with a bang. I mean, he just he goes gets his soul. soul eaten, which I'm like, okay, but that's not like the most. Like, I was fine that he died. Visually, he wasn't upset. Yeah, but it's not like <laughs> exciting. I was like, there's making an example out of him, I guess. Maybe being like when who doesn't even care what he's doing. Um. Well, yeah. So Morris, the VIP or the MVP of the movie. Uh, knows how to get them to Talo without having to wait uh, for the right time and all that stuff that Wenwu's trying to figure out. So they take their BMW SUV, uh, trademark BMW, that product placement was all over the place, uh, through the bamboo, and we finally enter the actual village of Talo. Cause the only, the, the only thing we had seen before was like the gate. That's where Lee was when she first meets when we were And This is just like, I was kind of guessing that it would be like a Wakanda sort of thing. Um, but there are, it's in another dimension. It is full of like all of these like Chinese mythological creatures. Um, and I know that, like, uh, the Wikipedia page says Morris is a, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Hundun, uh, which is a legendary faceless being in Chinese mythology. And I'm assuming that... He did that, not have a face. That yeah. is correct. And there were other ones in there. Like, I think there was, like, a nine-tailed fox in there. Just, like, yeah. all these really cool creatures. And I'm like, this feels like a Disney movie. Is, is there a Pokemon that looks like that? Yeah, there is. And I think it is just called Ninetales. Very... You know, it's a very straightforward name. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, it was just really beautiful again and, like, so bright. And Yeah. I was, like, mad that they were driving the car in there. I'm like, get the car out! <laughs> I was like, shouldn't we be walking in at this point? Just or... leave the Razor Fist SUV outside the waterfall, okay? Because then it was, like, weird. Was, like, get back in your car and leave. And I'm like... Can, can we? Like, but I think that was a. <laughs> it was a good way to be like we know what's happening outside of here. Like we know like, yeah, modernization. I mean, because I, I think they, I think they have cars, because they say we have cities that rival the population of the ones, like on Earth. But they used to. No, they they were destroyed by. Oh that well, creature, yeah. I well, think. so they but, probably did have cars at some point. I don't think so. I don't know, man. That, that was that's thousands cl- of years ago. Who knows what kind of technology they have? Those are skyscrapers on that on that sculpture. What? I'm just saying. When they were showing, when they were talking about that, they were like, "We had cities that like rivaled yours, and they had like skyscrapers and yeah. stuff." I think they're functioning on a different level. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if they have magic. 
per se, but definitely... They do have magic. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what he says, like, to his mom. He's like, you don't have your magic here. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, the kind of stuff that she's doing, that's not just, like, being really good at martial arts, I suppose. So once we finally get to Talo, we get to meet Lee's sister, who is played by Michelle Yeoh, and she's the one that gives us, like, all the background explanation. She's also in Crazy Rich Asians and, like, a bunch of other movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... She's wonderful. She is. And she was a really great addition to the cast, and she was, like, the perfect person to, like, be delivering all of this. I guess it's still it's late in the movie, but it's still exposition because, you know, we didn't really know anything about the village beyond, like, the brief glimpses that we heard from Lee and Wenwu earlier on. I think she's also been in a lot of other Chinese action movies, and, like, her, she just has, like, a real, like, strength to her character but also like her as a person it just felt very like i believe that this person is like well trained but also has like the softness like it really made sense that that was like their mom's sister yeah so we we from her learn about the dweller in darkness and his little dragon flying lizard minions who eat people's souls and the great protector yes who really came through in the clutch and put them all on a mountain. Um, and we find out that the Dweller in Darkness is the one that has been appearing as Lee to Wenwu and trying to get him to break him out because the Ten Rings are the only thing that can do it. And unfortunately, he is determined. And they talk about how other people have tried to open the gate before, but... I think we all knew it was going to happen. Um, so it's basically like a soul sucker. <laughs> it is. And, it's a big old soul sucker. Um, so they're like preparing for battle of the Ten Rings, but m- probably they know more that they're going to have to like deal with this um, dar- uh, Dweller of Darkness. And they're not immortal like they have like passed on their training and things like throughout which is cool um love a uniform costume choice like when they all are wearing the which i just assume is like dragon dragon scale scale yeah um i just really liked it and then i noticed that shang chi is still wearing his like Sneakers. He's wearing Jordans. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was really funny. He looks super cool. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought, it, and it, I thought it was, like, interesting that the sister is wearing white and no one else is wearing white. Um, What's that all about? Was that I don't mean? know. I, it, clearly she's standing out from everyone. I actually thought that the movie was going to end with her deciding to stay in oh, the village. Oh, that would have been interesting. Um, and, like, that would have been it for her character. Like, if they weren't going to you know, do her own story, which I'm glad they're doing that, but I thought that it was going to end with her deciding, like, this is where she belongs. That would have made a lot of sense. But, yeah, I'm glad we're getting more out of her, because I feel like the likelihood of us seeing, I mean, I'm assuming that if we go to Talo again, it won't be until the next Shang-Chi movie, and who knows when that's going to be. And there's just, like, a lot of potential here, but it doesn't seem like a, a universe or dimension that other characters would be crossing over to very often because they got their own thing going on and they don't need all that shit. 
Um, so we get like a, a bit of a montage. Everybody's training. Katie is learning how to use a bow and arrow, following in the great uh, best Avenger Hawkeye's footsteps. Um, wow, what a <laughs> moniker. Uh, Jolene gets to officially and it's like is sanctioned to train with um i read the name of the weapon that she we see her training in secret at the beginning of the movie right. um it's like a rope chain or uh, something like that so she is a pro with that and she gets to use it again which was really cool and yeah we get like an explanation of all the dragon scales and stuff and then before anybody knows it when Wu rolls into town literally yeah, they also they all bring their SUVs and I I was struggling to figure out oh were those like taser crossbows is that what was happening because they weren't like regular crossbows they shot a guy with it and like tied him up yeah it, like electrocutes them yeah I wonder if that's derived from the power of the ten rings because that's that what I was also wondering has that like but I was like how like do because we don't really know what their properties are and, yeah but I believe that he would have harnessed that power in the years yeah. Because, like, she, somebody says, like, your weapons won't do anything, mm-hmm. basically. Well, so, th- at this point, we are at the final battle. Um, I honestly don't have too many notes about this. It's pretty straightforward. We get a little uh, character moments from Katie, from... Shang-Chi. Yeah, from the whole crew is, like, doing their thing. Shang-Chi gets a little one-on-one fight against his dad. Doesn't do well. No, doesn't do well, but clearly, like, says something to him that gets under his skin. Um, He is saying that, like, even if mom is behind that gate, like, what makes you think that she would want you back? Like, after you've basically gone back to what you were before you met. And he does not like that and punches him basically underwater which is fortunate because he gets to meet the great protector who just hangs out in this lake. And then we get this huge fight between the dweller in darkness and the great protector, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And well, the dad does sacrifice himself he to does. save Shang-Chi after Shang-Chi basically beats him yeah. with the, his own rings Yeah, and, and he was, throws them away. Yeah. He's like, I don't want this shit. I was like, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, is he not going to keep them? And then later on, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> of course well, not. Well, yeah, and I was worried that, like, Someone at the would. end, when he, like, basically blows up the the mm-hmm. Dark Dweller with the rings, I was like, does this mean we're not going to get the rings after this? But no, they come back to him, even though, like, they might be bad. I was like... They could have done a thing where it's like, I don't, I don't need them to fight, but, you know, I was glad that they did. I, I was like, I want more people with cool powers. I want him to have them. We have enough, like... Uh, new heroes right now who like don't have any powers um, so I'm like I, I welcome it obviously he he can do well without him. he doesn't need them but they're pretty cool to have I did think that when he destroyed the darkness dweller that the souls that he just ate we were gonna go back to the people and they would have lived but that was me living in my Disney fantasy yeah. they're gone yeah they're gone gone sad yeah, the old dude that taught Katie how to shoot. It was a real bummer. Also, I think the line that... I mean, I think it's good that they didn't say it, but I felt like the line that they were dancing around with the dad was like, look what you... Like, you've done all this because you thought, like, mom was calling out to you, but, like, 
your own kids have basically been calling out to you like our whole mm-hmm. life and you haven't like come to our rescue. Yeah. Like we're behind a wall too, basically. Cause he says that in so many words, right? Like Shang-Chi says that when they're fighting, he's like, we were there and like you ignored us. Right. And he says like, that. And I wanted, this. I was like, I don't know why I want him to say like this explicit thing, but we didn't need it. And we, we this, do. And it all ties into like very early on in the movie when we see Katie's family and they're that the like grandmother is there and is talking about like always bringing stuff to her like late husband's grave. And they're talking about like how moving on is like an American thing, but like he is not moving on. Right. Like he is incapable of moving on. And it's like, it destroyed him. It destroyed his family. That didn't really, I, I didn't make that connection, but they were very clearly setting up like, and obviously the grandma wasn't, like killing anybody, but she was just, uh, no, I know. But, um, I just think that's interesting. Cause he just like, he was not, he couldn't do it. He didn't know how to move on. Yeah. And they even addressed that at the end with the lanterns about like, you know, we're setting them free, but they're still always, you know, part of us. And like the, again, with the names and like where you come from, like you are, you are who you come from. Yeah. Is like really driven home as well. Like, there is like definitely like a culture change and like grief and moving on. Yeah. Like you were just saying. Those are definitely like the through lines of the whole movie. All right. So just some general notes. I thought the pacing was good in the movie. It was like pretty quick. And I think it helped that there was like a lot of fight scenes. Yeah. My only, there was like a bit of downtime, um, like when they first get to the compound, yeah. I guess, where I was like, it felt like it dragged a little bit, but only a little bit. And the rest of it was great. I said this after, cause we were talking about, um, like Eternals coming out and like, how are they going to do Eternals basically? Cause it's like such a big cast. Like there's so much around that. And I think the way that this movie was successful was they focused on something small and intimate like the family, but then did everything else really big. Like did the the set and like the fighting and like the colors were really big, but like the center of the movie was about like one family mm-hmm. and how Eternals is going to have to do kind of the opposite where it's like, there's so much happening. Um, like the the people are too are big, so they're gonna have to like focus in on like a small thing that's happening, like a small not a small conflict, but like a like I I'm guessing that they have to keep the conflict small. Yeah, and like that's gonna be I feel like there might be a bit of a family through line there. I guess technically speaking, like the Eternals aren't a family, but. At one point, they were, like, a tight group, and now, like, what, what we've heard in the trailers, they haven't seen haven't each seen other for centuries, that, yeah. so it's going to be, like, a lot of, like, interpersonal conflicts and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm very interested to see how they handle it, because this just did such a... I think it a, could be bad. It could be. It has the potential. But this and Black Widow did such a good job of handling that dynamic that I, I hope that they can keep that going. Like, it kind of reminds me of the X-Men Apocalypse, like, the Eternals trailer, and like that, they didn't do Ooh, apocalypse that's not a... great, <laughs> but it, it kind of feels like that's what they're like. It seems similar, but I, we can't really know until we see that. Movie yeah, 
Because those trailers also haven't really told us much about what the story's going to be. Get that. Um, They're really pushing a Doctor Strange tie-in. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, what's his name? Wong. Wong is, like, in it multiple times. Yeah, Wong has his own thing going on on the side. Like, I always think of, you know, Wong is not Doctor Strange's assistant, but he does help run the, the Sanctum, so I'm always like, well, they would presumably work, be working in tandem, and yet he's he's hanging out. Like, I guess he's... I didn't really, it didn't make sense to me like when I watched it, but I guess he's rigging fights in Macau to make money because he's fighting Abomination and then is like, I told you to pull your punches and like takes uh, him back. So I'm like, they're just... <laughs> some... I thought like, I took that as he was like training him and he's like, we'll just do this for training. I feel like they could be training him, but also making money like off the bets or something. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, he, this is, like, people consider this, from what I've seen, not people, some Reddit comments have said, like, this is probably one of the more, like, important mid credit scenes that we've gotten in the MCU ever. I can't tell you. Let alone for, like, a long time. It's just, like, it was long, too. And there's a lot happening in it. And it was... Well, there's karaoke. Obviously the karaoke, which is great. I would love to do karaoke with Wong. But also just like it's very clearly like, okay, you're part of this universe now. We're not gonna we're not like gonna bring you in like a team up movie. It's like, no, you're here now. Bruce is here, Carol's here, there's something happening, but we're not gonna explain it to you. So glad Bruce is back and we don't have the weird more uh, smart Hulk. That's yeah. what they called him in the, no, the Russo. I'm really glad that Bruce is back. Yeah. They didn't want to do that CG anymore. Um Oh, the other thing with that one is, one, they bring Aquafina with him, which we're like, that's going to be interesting if they keep including her. Yeah, is she I don't, gonna get I don't her know own, what that's going to be. Like, mean. her real own thing. Like, they made it work for this movie, but... Yes. Um, I don't know about that. Um, and then they're talking about the rings, and, like, they can tell that it's, like, sending off some sort of, like, signal. It's, like, pulsating, but they don't really know where they're from. And my thought was, this is how they're connecting to Khan. Because Kang. Kang. Because <laughs> Kang has been around forever. And the rings could have been what broke apart or connected these, like, the timelines. Like, that maybe the rings have to do with these timelines. Interesting. Um, because there's no other explanation, it seems, for them. No. I, I mean, mean that, that's obviously not the, the only theories, explanation, but that was, like, my thought. Yeah. And I, they haven't really brought the, the shows in. No. I've, I, I've heard Kang. I've heard maybe it's an Eternals connection. It could be. That, too, but. And. Uh, they they surely know, but what a what a tease that was! And I didn't expect it either. I thought it was just kind of be leaving, um, like you know, we we know what we know about the Ten Rings and that they've been around for a long time. They're mysterious, and when we had them and used them a lot, and I was like, you know what? Honestly, I didn't need any more than that. And they were very vague about how he got them. Yeah. So this is going to be was good. yeah for sure. But I'm very interested to see like how important of a role that plays in all this other stuff going on. But that, I bumped on that immediately when they, because that's like literally like the first line, like 
we don't know if he stole them or if he like found them in like a yeah. cavern. I was like, oh, we're coming back to that yeah. because I thought it was very odd that they said that. Yeah, um, specifically, they could have just been like he. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The the two. So we have the mid credit scene, obviously, which is like very much like the fact that Carol is there is like okay, this is like a high level thing. Like, this is, like, this requires someone, like, very powerful, like, working on it. Someone that is in space that maybe, like, has, like, some, like, intergalactic knowledge and could could give us a hint about this. And then we have the post credit scene, uh, which is more of just, like, a hint at, like, the future of the Ten Rings. Well, I think that the um, Carol being there is more establishing a new group. Like she's back in yeah. the fold. Yeah. Really. That like, makes sense too. But I was kind of I mean, just... I do think they're taking it seriously, but I think that they're using her well, you have a fun fact about that, but um that they're using her to be like, She's back, like we're we're kind of developing a new that quasi. Yeah. I I do think that's true because they have to form whether it's Avengers again or if they have like some other team name. I was kind of framing it as like a to me there's like two plots that are running simultaneously right now in the MCU going forward. One, we have this really high-level multiverse thing happening, and then we have the more, like, grounded, like, very much, like, Earth-based Falcon and the Winter Soldier, geopolitical... Yeah, like, stuff that is not, like, you know... There's like some more crazy shit happening. So, Marvel, I and to say. me, like the the new like Ten Rings very much ties into like that echelon. Yeah, like well, that. I had some thoughts on that. That's I know, but like that stuff, it feels like they can move forward with that and incorporate it more evenly in the shows because it's not like all like CGI like multiverse insanity. It's like that's like like Iron Man one style like stuff, like mm-hmm. the classics. And then the Ten Rings has now hinted at being, like, the huge explosive stuff that could go in a million different directions. The Ten Rings? Sorry. The Ten Rings organization versus the literal Ten Rings. Oh, oh, I see what you're <laughs> saying. I, <laughs> I didn't even realize. Okay. Um, yeah, because the second post-credit scene, or the post-credit scene, is showing that um, Shelling is keeping the Ten Rings alive under her thumb and training a lot of women, um, although some men. And she put a lot of graffiti masks. up. masks. Yeah. Um, so I think my guess after that was she could be the one hiring Valentina to hire these other people to yeah. be in her back pocket because she's like, trying to be in charge of things. It's very interesting. But I, I think you could be on to something there, yeah. Because we haven't gotten any other hints to who Valentina could be working for. Yeah. No, we have, we have no idea. Except for maybe I, the power broker, but I don't think so. I was kind of leaning towards Val being like some sort of quasi-government figure since she has that line in Falcon and the Winter Soldier talking about how the shield not belonging to anybody is kind of like a government secret. And of course, like this was before the show ended, but uh, you know, I, when I thought that Ross was like behind some of this power broker stuff, I found it like believable that she would be like working for someone like that, like 
like a shadow government type thing. But I, I mean, all all bets are yeah. off. Well, what I really thought, like, um, like during the postcard scene, as soon as they showed that it was um, Xiaoling in her room, I was like, oh no, Valentina's gonna try and recruit her. But then when they were when they pulled out even more that she's like writing things, I was like, oh, well maybe she's like working with Valentina. I don't know. I just, I was expecting Valentina to be brought in because she was brought in at the end of um, Black Widow. And at the, obviously she's like a character in um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So she's, she's brewing basically. And I was just wondering how they're connecting 10 rings to it. I don't know. It all, like besides that. And she has a similar, like I said earlier, she's got a similar vibe to Florence Pugh where she's like, a good person, but not a hero. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, the the general vibe of this movie to me was, like, very disconnected from the MCU at large besides the mid credit scene and, like, Wong showing up just because, like, all the other characters that we've gotten lately have had some sort of run-ins with the Avengers or, like, some, yeah. like, a more personal connection. But this is very much just, like, outsiders. Um, so I, I have no idea, like who's going to be incorporated into what plot line? Like how, how often are we going to see the 10 rings organization appear in other things? Like I would have, if this was, had been reversed, it would have made a lot of sense for the new 10 rings to like have played a part in Falcon, and the winter soldier or something. Um, so that's kind of what I'm anticipating, like more of like a, and not in an insulting way, but like low level stuff like the um, War Machine show that's coming out. Like, I feel like the Ten Rings could play a part in that somehow. Oh, well, that makes sense, too, because of Iron Man. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot There's a lot happening, so I don't want to make too many predictions so we have more information. Yeah, I mean, this is 100% conjecture. The, the stuff coming up, you know, I have no idea how this could relate to any of it except maybe Doctor Strange, so... So obviously I don't have like a billion things from IMDb to, to read off for trivia, but I do have two fun facts. I um, mean, I already said the greatest fun fact. Well, okay. About the marriage. Well, let me get the Marvel me, marriage. All right. Well, let me get, you know, I'm not going to say they're number two and number three best, but they're pretty good. Um, so one of them is the director of this movie, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, which is a very cool name. I must say Destin. Destin. It was, you could say his destiny to direct this. How many times do you think he's heard that one? I feel like that could have gotten to run around. Just now when you listen to our podcast. <laughs> oh, hey, Dustin. Thanks for listening, bud. He is known for Short Term 12, The Glass Castle, and Just Mercy, all of which were made in collaboration on some level with Brie Larson. And when uh, he was named as director for this, people were like, well... This is funny because his like favorite collaborator is already in the MCU, but he's not doing her movie. So like, what's the deal? So when the topic of possible like MCU crossovers in this movie came up, um, some people were throwing around Brie Larson just because of their history. But commonly what I saw was like, well, how would that make any sense? Like she has no business being in this movie. Um, but you know, that mid credit scene rolled around and what do you know? And that didn't, I had heard, like I had read that comment like weeks ago and that didn't click until we were talking after the movie. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) You found a way to make it work. And it made sense. 
Oh, yeah. I just think that's so funny. Like, I'm just imagining them talking about it, <laughs> being like, all right, how can we get you into this movie and not have it, like, make no sense whatsoever? The other little bit that I have is from Kevin Feige doing an Ask Me Anything on Reddit two and a half years ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, Kev. Which was obviously, like, a very big deal. Big get for the Marvel Studios subreddit. And it was, like, a good AMA, too. He answered a lot of questions. He's a fun guy. Yes. We saw him on uh, the Chef show. Yeah. He should go on Hot Ones. Oh, that would, that would be, be an, so That would be an good. insane Hot Ones. They would get some stuff out of him because he'd be panicking. Yeah. Um, Come on, Sean. <laughs> he answered a lot of questions. Most of them were about stuff that was, like, already happened or stuff that was like actively happening. I think this AMA was like, what was did it I say? Two and a half years ago. It was right after Endgame came out. Oh, uh, okay. So, so kind of like, like wrapping that. up right. questions. But of course, like people were asking a lot, like, like, well, what now? And he's like, well, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not at liberty to say, you know, it's a, it's going to be a surprise. But one guy was like, without going into details on developing projects, are there any plans to incorporate the Ten Rings from the first Iron Man or the quote-unquote real Mandarin teased in All Hail the King in the future? And All Hail the King is, like, the short that has Trevor Slattery, like, in jail, and the guy comes to interview him. Oh, and he's like, he's right. like, just kidding, I work for the real one, and he's mad that you stole his name. I forgot about that. Yeah, and that also has uh, Justin Hammer is in that short. Also, that's the last time we saw him. The guy from Iron Man 2. Because oh, he's yeah. in the same jail. Um, and Kevin Feige responded to this guy just saying, yes, period. And everyone was like, uh, what? And the guy, like, the guy that asked the question is like, oh my god, he actually answered me. And this is like new information. So everyone was like, there's just a, a scoop on new Marvel stuff on the... Kevin threads a good needle, I think. He really does. Because didn't you say he also, like... I don't know if it's spoiled, but he like shared about what's his the name? abomination. Gonna yeah, be he just it. said that. And out loud, what's his name? Wong. Wong. Yeah, I can't remember anyone's name. But um, I thought this was pretty crazy because that's just like that was brand new information. And then someone responded to Kevin Feige's comment, being like, "Oh my god, like there's already plot leaks for Shang Chi, and this like tracks." And people are like, "Wow, you just responded to Kevin Feige talking about leaks <laughs> from scripts." He doesn't want to know that shit. Yeah, but... I, I just thought that was funny. Um, of course he knows. So, pretty wild. And that was that was a long time ago. I feel like, honestly, Kevin Feige is, like, in for the... Not in for, the like, the leaks, but he's so into, like, that community that he, like, understands, like, the fervor around it. Oh, he I definitely does. Him and, and John Fav. And this was, like, such a good way to, like, drum up the hype without really giving too much away. Yeah, it was perfect. Just, yes, they are coming back. Like, that's not really a spoiler. That's just like, yes, yeah. they are. Now, now think about that for a couple of years. Why don't you? All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. My favorite scene, or I should say two favorite scenes, was the dance at the very beginning and the bus scene. Yeah, mine's the bus scene. I already said it, but they they just... the All the fight scenes were pretty good. Um... It got, like, the CGI got stepped up a bit too much. Like, it, they used too much of it. And I'm still kind of... The the fight with the dragons, I liked. But I'm like, whose idea was it to make it dark and stormy when this is happening? I was like, I couldn't... 
I was having trouble telling what was happening. It wasn't dark and stormy. It was it was pretty dark. We just brought the water up. Well, yeah, but it was maybe it was just me. It was kind of hard to discern what was going on, and the dragons were just it was two dragons. I I was I was struggling okay. visually. So I didn't I didn't love that. I think I would have rather they ended with another hand-to-hand fight because I think that's where this movie really excelled, but also dragons are cool. But the bus fight scene was definitely like the the peak fight scene in this. Yeah, and it really did. Yeah, so we're excited. So good to be back with another new character. Lots of new characters. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. We have a new dimension. We have dragons. We have Morris. We are getting characters that we've not seen in eight years being brought back again, and I know that that's happening more and more now because they can just... You know, we got Abomination. He's coming back for She-Hulk. We've got... I'm just excited for them to keep pulling in new stuff. We're pulling in old stuff and combining it with the new stuff. There's there's so much that can be done, and it's all going to be good. If uh, you haven't already, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps um, if other people should listen. Yeah, and uh, check us out on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Into the Superverse. Yeah. And with that, we, we are, are out, out of the, the Superverse. superverse.